If you really want to have a healthy sexual relationship with your spouse and experience a true oneness, but you find that sex seems to be more disconnecting than connecting. Or if your spouse is unrepentant about adultery or watching porn on a regular basis and you continue to have sex with them because you think it will save your marriage. Well, today's Facebook Live is for you. So, hi there. I'm Dr. Jessica McLeese, and I have my doctorate in clinical psychology, and I work primarily with couples, um, and actually especially with Christian couples that are looking to really enhance their relationship. Um, I'm also one of only 90 certified Christian sex therapists, so my entire goal really in working with couples is to make sure that they have a passionate relationship that honors God and honors one another. And my name is Kim Poland, and I am a writer and the founder of Hope for Spouses. And I created Hope for Spouses because my husband and I uh, went through a four-year separation due to serial adultery. And uh, we've been back together for three years now. And the statistics are true that this is a rampant issue, not just in uh, the world, but in the Christian community. And so uh, Jessica and I have banded together to really try to meet all the needs that we can uh, for our body of believers around the world. And so we wanted to uh, really come together and talk about this very important topic of, of how do you identify? Um, how do you know what a healthy sexual relationship is in marriage? So um, I'm going to pass this on to Jessica or no, I'll get started first with just redefining intimacy first. Um, so um, most of us think of intimacy as sex. We like equate that. We equate intimacy with sex, but really you need intimacy before sex in a relationship. Intimacy, emotional intimacy is, is how you really build that trust, how you really build that connection so that the sexual intimacy that God created really can have the fulfillment that he designed it for. Would you agree, Jess? I would 100% agree. So what I find is a lot of times couples want to work specifically on their sexual relationship. Um, and they'll contact me because I am a Christian sex therapist mm -hmm. wanting to work on that particular piece. And I've even heard people tell me, I don't understand what's going on. We're having sex multiple times a week, but I still feel really distant from my spouse. And it's exactly what you're talking about. If you don't have that emotional intimacy built, you actually cannot release oxytocin when you're making love. And if you're not releasing oxytocin, you cannot bond. So you actually have to be bonded emotionally before sex is going to feel pleasant for you and feel like it's actually an intimacy building exercise. Otherwise, it's just going to feel physical and that's just not helpful in a relationship. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we have a five question five question quiz that we're going to run through. Jess, why don't you go ahead and get started with some of those questions? Yeah. So you guys, I want you to just think about this and answer yes or no in your head to this. So do you avoid sexual intimacy with your spouse, but you actually want this to change and you want to engage in sexual intimacy? Um, do you wish that your spouse understood why sex is causing you emotional pain? And do you wish that your spouse was more receptive to your sexual advances? Also, if you, um, if your spouse has been unfaithful to you and he or she isn't making every effort to be transparent and rebuild trust, are you having sex with, sex with them just to keep them from leaving you? Or do you have sex with your spouse to keep them from viewing or masturbating to pornography? So these are all super important questions that you have to ask yourself is, you know, whether your sexual relationship with your spouse is healthy or unhealthy. So we're going to dive into really the meat of, of why we even decided to do this talk characteristic. 
risks of a healthy and unhealthy relationship. Mm -hmm. So those questions that we just asked, if you find that you're answering yes to them, even the majority of the time, so maybe sometimes it's not a yes, um, but if you're majority of the time asking yes, and really I would even say if it's just a portion of the time you're answering yes, we really want to change that and start developing a healthy sexual relationship instead. Um, so one of the foundational truths for you to understand is that a healthy sexual relationship is built on an emotional intimacy and trust. And so we've already talked a little bit about that just a moment ago, about how you can't develop the oxytocin or you can't release the oxytocin if trust is not in your relationship. Um, but you also need to know that your brain only allows you to experience a, a very narrow amount of emotions. And these emotions are all on a continuum. So you can have small amounts to large amounts, um, but you're going to have either fear or trust in your relationship. So you can have places that are leading to pain or you can have places that are leading to intimacy. And we know that we can't have both. In fact, scripture tells us that perfect love casts out fear. That's because you can't sit in a place of being loved and in a place of feeling fear. And so we want to make sure that you're in a place that you're feeling loved by your spouse before you are engaging in sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. And so sex is actually a fruit of intimacy that is built between two partners. It is not what brings the intimacy. So we touched on that a moment ago. Mm -hmm. um, you can work on your sex life really as much as you want, but the reality is that does not build the intimacy. Mm -hmm. And in fact, when people have worked with me in the past and they come in wanting to work on their sexual relationship, we do that. But it has never been just the sexual relationship because there's these underlying characteristics that are happening in the relationship that kind of spills over into the sexual intimacy and causes that disconnect or those problems. Mm -hmm. um, so our bodies were actually shut down the pleasure centers in our brain if we're not feeling safe. And this is good. It should happen. Um, right. This is why people don't have sex with strangers. Uh, this is why people don't get into those types of relationships because our bodies are actually built in such a way where our brains will tell us danger, don't engage, mm -hmm. or it'll tell us this is freedom here and this is safety here and enjoy yourself. Um, we're supposed to have that. And that's why that safety in your relationship and the emotional connection is a necessary prerequisite to the sexual relationship. Is there anything you want to add to that before I go on, Kim? I don't want to. No, I just, I, as somebody who was separated um, from my spouse and then we were able to come back together, that was a huge aspect of us restoring our relationship, restoring the sexual relationship is really building that emotional connection. And I, you know, as a woman, I feel like I needed that more and probably my husband did just naturally. God just kind of designed us that way. And you could probably elaborate a little about that more. But I know that was a super important aspect for me. Yeah. And you know, that's so important because even if you're watching today and maybe you haven't had a spouse that stepped out or maybe you haven't stepped out in your relationship, even sexual trauma and abuse can cause mm -hmm. that lack of safety, even when your spouse is actually not the one who has brought that on. Um, so in my background, I actually did have sexual trauma in my background um, in high school. And so when I got into marriage, that was one of the harder parts of our relationship at first is just feeling like I wasn't safe, even though my husband had never done anything to hurt me. Mm -hmm. And so that level of safety still has to be built regardless of if there's been an actual betrayal in your relationship or if there's right. anything in your past that's causing tension between you guys. So that means it doesn't have to be sexual betrayal. Um, it could actually be 
finding out your spouse has lied about anything, not paying bills, not having a job. Right. Any kind of betrayal can cause that lack of trust and make the intimacy in your marriage break down. Um, so sex should always be seen as a gift and not a weapon or a tool. Um, so if you're using sex against somebody as a tool to manipulate, so I'll sleep with you so you'll do this or so you won't do that, that's actually really dangerous and it's not going to create that safety in your relationship. So it can't be enjoyed by either of you when that's the case. Now, sex is also for mutual pleasure. And here's where I'm going to go ahead and throw in some scripture for you guys. Um, and I believe we're going to try to put those in the chat box as well. So 1 Corinthians 7, 4 says that the wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. And in the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. So again, we're talking about a mutual relationship here. And sometimes people go the wrong way on this and they'll try to emphasize one over the other. And mm -hmm. that's actually not appropriate and it's not scriptural. We yield our bodies to one another because it's a mutual relationship when we're talking about sexual intimacy. And Galatians 5.13 says, For you, brothers, were called to freedom, but do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Rather, serve one another in love. And this is also what I'm talking about, mutual pleasure. So we're never supposed to manipulate or say, hey, I want sex, so you must because we're married and you need to meet my marital, you need to meet your marital duties. Right. Because this actually says that what we're supposed to do is make sure that everything we do is serving one another in love. And that's why it can never be just about a physical relationship with mm -hmm. sex. And then finally, Song of Songs um, 1-4, these, these are the lady's friends, the bride's friends talking to her, and they say, we rejoice and delight in you. We will praise your love more than wine. Um, so we know that they're seeing this relationship between uh, the two lovers, and they're saying, this is so beautiful that we praise this. This is uh, lovely. It's something to be adored. And when we're engaging in a relationship that's honoring God and honoring one another, other people see it as beautiful, yeah. not something manipulative. Mm -hmm. It's it can really it really stands out when you see people who have that intimacy. It's there is a connection, you know, whether you want to say it's energy, whatever you want to call it, the spirit is really existing, and it's very very obvious that there's that kind of intimacy. And when my husband and I um, were um, coming back together, and that we really were reawakening that whole part of our relationship, people would make comments to mm -hmm. my husband that he, they knew he was healthy because of how I looked oh. and how we were together. They could just see the difference. And so it really does come out. Um, people notice it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what's funny is you can't manipulate that and no. put that off either. So you, no. can't, you can't just treat your spouse kindly and then all of a sudden they shine brightly and look great. Like there yeah. really is a true intimacy that has to occur before yeah. people around you notice that. Yeah, it, it literally comes from the inside out. Mm -hmm. You can't You can't really fake it. That's so true. Yep. That's a beautiful yep. example. Yeah. Um, so just one more thing to mention about the um, the healthy sexual relationship. So it serves a larger purpose than the physical connection. And you actually just hit on it so beautifully with that example, because you were saying, you know, the body of believers around us, our mm -hmm. friends could start to notice and see something is different about you. Right. And in reality, that's what our relationship should be. So our sexual relationship, as we get stronger and more connected with our spouse, like you said, it spills out of us and we can't right. help but show that. And that's really the, the bigger place of what we're doing in our marriage is we're living out God's command, showing we can be united and love one another. Christ in the church, same thing. We're united yeah. and we're showing that in our behaviors toward others. And, and this doesn't mean in a disrespectful way 
talking about your sexual relationship, right. it really just means that completely united front. Yeah. And I think of that scripture um, in John 13, 33 and 34, 34, 35, where Jesus says, they will know you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. And, yeah. and yes, that's between, you know, brothers and brothers and sisters and sisters. But I think it really can especially apply in marriage, that it's really obvious that that when a couple really is connected emotionally, when they really have that deep level of intimacy, they're you know laying down their lives for each other, that people really see it and they want that. I think it's a huge mm -hmm. attraction to people. And it's a great way for us to really show our faith when we uh, have that kind of relationship. It just It's just a natural overflow um, that there is fruit in our life because there's fruit on the inside of our life. Right. So that's that's a hundred percent true. And I don't think we should ever as married couples not demonstrate the fullness and the unity of Christ. Um, so it definitely isn't something that's just meant for the brotherhood or the sisterhood of Christians. Right. It absolutely right. should be incredibly clear amongst Christian relationships as well. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to get into the characteristics of an unhealthy sexual relationship. Um, and I know one of the things that I really noticed um, as I go through with uh, meeting with different women and talking with different women is the thing that is the thread that runs through an unhealthy sexual relationship is when they're when it's built on fear and control. Mm -hmm. um, it's too often it happens that you have um, this imbalance. And um, for uh, speaking from the woman's perspective, what happens is, is because the relationship isn't healthy, we aren't, we don't feel safe. And so women tend to try to protect themselves. So we, because we're afraid of either rejection, abandonment, not pleasing our spouse, something, you know, we're afraid of, of uh, something that's going to cause more pain inside of us. We try to control the situation. So therefore we try to control our spouse. And really, that's not the way that God designed us. I, I have a couple of scriptures. I'm going to pop up here and let's see. Okay, here we go. So um, Romans 8, 31 says, what, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I think when we have our eyes fixed on just on our marriage and our fear that we forget that God really oversees everything. And we really, we don't have to try to control things. We don't have to try to manipulate situations. If we're really resting securely in our relationship with God, we don't have to try to manipulate and use sex to control our spouse or give in to um, having sex with them. We don't feel safe because God, God is the one who sees everything. And he knows exactly what's going on. And then Philippians 4:19 says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And so, you know, sometimes the reason control, which because we feel like our needs aren't going to be met. Mm -hmm. And yet God says, I will supply all your needs. You know, if you need safety, I will guide you toward that. You don't have to create that situation. So when we're really understanding what God's will for us is, then we are, we are not going to use sex to manipulate our spouse. We're not going to um, have sex with them simply because they're like, well, you're my wife, so you need to do it, you know? And, and so when we really under, understand what God designed sex for and our, our trust and security in him, then we, we, can, we can set those healthy boundaries or communicate to our spouse, this is what I need. So... We can also have sex with our spouse to keep them from leaving us or from turning to pornography. So if your spouse watches pornography, it bothers you. You know it's not right. He's saying something, something unpure before his eyes. He's turning to porn um, as a means to satisfy himself instead of coming to you. 
creates insecurity in you, um, that's not healthy. That's not the way God designed uh, a marriage to be. We are supposed to be able to meet each other's needs sexually. Um, even if we have to get a little bit of help, that's okay. That's normal. That's why you have people like Jessica. So they can really help guide you in that. But, um, but we, you know, we shouldn't be having sex with our spouse simply because we're afraid that they're going to go outside the marriage to get something that they're not getting from us. Uh, number three, we have um, have made our spouse our God or the one we turn to to complete us. Now, this is a big thing in our society. Hollywood, I think, really promotes this more than anything. And I think of the scripture in um, Colossians 2.10 where he says, "As And you have been made complete in Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. And I think, you know... Um, I think of that uh, movie with Renee Zellweger and Tom Cruise where, you know, it, that part where she said, he said, you caught me at hello. I don't remember the name of the movie, but it was <laughs> yeah. like, you complete me. Like, that's the big Hollywood thing. And it's like, we set ourselves up for such mm -hmm. a letdown when we really look at our spouse as the one who has to complete us. God says, I complete you. Christ completes you. And so we have to be complete independently first before we really have a healthy relationship. I and mean, what do you think, Jess? Oh, I love that so much. You're exactly right. And so when we put someone in that place, first of all, it's impossible for them to live up to that standard. Mm -hmm. So like I personally could never be on this pedestal and live up to a place where I actually have to complete my husband. Who can live up to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so not only does it put the spouse that's on the pedestal in a place where they're really uncomfortable and they're not able to actually live up to the expectations, mm -hmm. but for the other spouse to constantly see like, well, but you're supposed to be my all in all and you're not. Right. How incredibly disappointing. And so yes. the beauty of marriage is that God actually gives us that to show us how to become more Christ-like mm -hmm. because he's a good God. So he wants to give us someone to love us completely where we can love them completely we're not perfect at it. We yep. have moments of it. <laughs> We're not perfect at it. Um, yep. But the whole idea is we should continually point one another to something much greater than the love we can have for one another. And that's right. our savior. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that leads me into the next point, which is that, you know, we if our marriage is unhealthy, then it's because we don't really have a primary connection with God. Oh, yeah. You know, we are using our spouse to be the person who meets all of our needs and and makes us happy. And, and of course, because our spouse is human and they make mistakes and they don't know how to fill those needs. God didn't design them to. Um, I love this passage where Jesus was talking in um, the, the parable uh, the, on the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. And when we really have that primary connection, when we are seeking God first, it is amazing how God really does take care of our marriage. He takes care of the sexual relationship. Even if you're in a marriage that's really racked, right? You know, your spouse is, is not committed to doing what he needs to do or she needs to do in, in your sexual relationship or really even their faithfulness to you. Um, if we really set our mind and our hearts on God and making him the primary one where we get our needs met, he will work. It may not be in our time frame, but he will work things out in his time for the best for everybody involved in the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. That's so true. And I, yes. it's so beautiful. And even just that scripture of not being so worried about getting our needs met, but just relying on God. Yep. 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 Love it. 
So we had uh, two more things. Jess, did you want to cover those? Um, yeah. So when we're talking about health, unhealthy sexual relationships, one of the things that can happen is it becomes um, kind of a tit for tat where if mm -hmm. you do this for me, then I owe you this. Um, so we see that in the manipulation aspect that Kim was just addressing. So if you're having sex, so your spouse won't watch porn or if you're having sex, so your spouse won't leave, all of that would be considered some of the manipulation. And then it can happen on the other end too. So if you'll do the dishes for a week, then I'll go ahead and sleep with you. Same kind of manipulation, right? So right, right. It's unhealthy to ever use sex as a bargaining chip, or you do this for me, and then I'll do that for you. Um, and that takes away from it being a gift if it if it's not reciprocal, if it's just this fighting um, to see who does what first. Right, right. And then also, if one of the ways that we really have an unhealthy unhealthy sexual relationship is when the sexual relationship becomes about my enjoyment or my fulfillment, and it has nothing to do with you. And that's how people can sometimes get in that place of being manipulated in their relationship where they do that tit for tat or they right. do that, I'll have sex with you so you don't leave. Because the whole idea is this is about you and making you feel good and then we're going to be safe. Um, and it can be just as just as often happening the other way of, well, you owe me this and I need to have sex so that we can continue our relationship. And right. either way is incredibly unhealthy because it's just a bargaining chip at that point. It's a weapon and it's not a gift. Yeah. And, and I've known of women who have communicated to me that sometimes they've all they've almost feel like, you know, as crude as this may sound, that they're just a hole that their husband's yeah. sticking their penis in because mm -hmm they're not the husband's not there and they're just in fact using them and that's that's almost borderline you know marital rape i mean it's mm -hmm. just there's no connection there and, and and that's really not the way god designed to have us you know have that connectionness and it, you know eye to eye looking in each other's eyes and really um focusing on loving each other i mean singing to into each other's souls in a sense that's right. one of the most intimate types of relationships you have you know in the in the sexual relationship is looking each other's eyes of your as you're giving each other that that joy and that pleasure it's a huge part of really creating that intimacy so yeah and just to piggyback off of that real quickly um women don't notice sometimes but when they're in that place of, of i'm just i'm just a warm body for you um, what they're actually doing is causing repeated trauma to themselves mm -hmm. over and over again yeah. and the more often we do that and you know what it can happen for men too so if mm -hmm. men feel like you come over to me and you want to have sex but then you're you're not a partner in the rest of life so it does happen on both sides yeah, yeah. Um, and it can be incredibly traumatic for people and it actually it teaches us that that relationship is dangerous and unfulfilling and it gets even more difficult to actually work on your sexual relationship um so i would encourage you if you're in that place of feeling like i am just a body for you that mm -hmm. is not a good environment for having a sexual relationship yeah. even even though that's your spouse yeah and i think we also devalue ourselves i mean we are mm -hmm. a daughter or a son of the king of the universe and so when we allow ourselves to be treated in that way we basically are telling god that we're not worth jesus dying mm -hmm. on the cross for us i mean it's yeah. if you really want to get down to the heart of it it really you know so we have to really own our own value and basically state what we need in the relationship in that case so absolutely okay so we're going to start talking about rebuilding a healthy sexual relationship after um you know there have been challenges in the marriage especially like infidelity or porn or separation um even if it's you know emotional separation that mm -hmm. is involved there too so um the first thing is um you know and we've uh touched on this already is really having both partners have to have an independent relationship with god first 
that is super, super important. And I did include, I mean, I got a scripture here um, where Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. So, you know, if we're going to put our spouse on the idol, you know, on the center, this completely contradicts what God does here. You know, that we, he has to be first. He has to be number one. And when we're living that way, then everything else really does take care of itself. It creates humility. Um, we have a healthy view of ourself. We're grateful for our spouse. You know, we understand the role that we have to have. I mean, everything just kind of falls in place when each of us is uh, has that independent relationship with God. I like to think of it as a triangle. Mm. And so either of us on the, on the end of the triangle, God is at the top. And so as we move closer to God, we move closer to each other, yes. you know, and it's, it's really the way God designed our relationships to be. Um, and both partners really have to take ownership of their personal recovery, their personal healing, the, the, the challenges that they have to handle themselves in order to, um, for the for the relationship to work, if you're just blaming your spouse for the problems and you're not owning them, owning your part of it, um, which is something I see with a lot of my ladies, um, is that they want to point the finger at their spouse all the time and they don't want to own their own issues. And so, the Second Corinthians seven um, eleven is something that I really tease strongly for women to be able to look at their spouse and say, okay, are they really repenting? But I think it's really important that we look at ourselves. Are we doing what we need to? in on our part because all of us have fallen all of us have sin and you who ends up reaping who ends up feeling that sin more than anybody else is our spouse mm -hmm. so what do we have to do so second corinthians 7 see what this godly sorrow has produced in you what earnestness what eagerness to clear yourselves what indignation what alarm what longing what concern what readiness to see justice done at every point you have proved yourself to be innocent in this matter. Mm -hmm. So are you innocent in this matter? Are you doing everything that you need to do? I mean, do you see that Jessica for the most oh. part? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so I find that a lot of times spouses, when they're coming for help, um, the one that initiates the call, a lot of times will say, well, it's my spouse. That's the problem. Um, <laughs> and I find that, that a lot of times working with couples, it's kind of a struggle to have them list their own responsibility um, for the marriage and the way the marriage looks. But the reality is even in a really ugly cycle where there's, there's been a stepping out and a betrayal on the other person's part, mm -hmm. what's happening right now when you're trying to reconcile and heal both of you are going to be involved in that process right. um, and really both of you are involved in the entire process of the marriage. Now you're not responsible for someone else's sin. Mm -hmm. They sin, that's their responsibility. Right. But we can see sometimes the places where we've contributed in some way um, to those behaviors and, the, and we have to look out for that in our relationship. Right. Absolutely. Um, so another thing is, is really a reconnection and openness. So vulnerability. So if both partners are willing to really work at this, then you have the opportunity for really a reconnection and an openness. And that's one of the things that I really found in my relationship with my husband, um, as we were coming back together after four years of being apart, um, I had to work on my issues. He had to work on his issues and we were finally really ready. And so it was like, little tiny steps moving forward with the trust building, you know, um, me being vulnerable and kind of testing where he was and was he, how was he going to respond and then him the same way. And, and it was slow moving. It was not the pace that I wanted it to work, mm -hmm. but, but it was the healthiest pace for us. And I think when we are, when our spouse is willing and open, start moving, 
then we have to be willing to be vulnerable. And yes, it's going to put our heart in the line. If you've already been hurt, if your spouse has betrayed you in any way, um, it's scary to put your heart out there. But that's really part of the trust building. I mean, Jesus laid his heart on the line for us, and he still does it every single day, and people reject him all the time. So we're simply following a great example of Jesus and God in that we're constantly striving to be vulnerable. What do you think, Jess? I love that. I've actually often thought how incredibly vulnerable Christ was to come to this earth knowing the end result, knowing that people were going to be um, yelling insults at him, knowing that on the cross while he's in the, in the most intense part of his suffering, he would look down and people would still be making fun of him. Um, and yet he came anyways. So absolutely, he chose to be vulnerable knowing the risk, knowing that he wouldn't be accepted by some and would be right. by others. And it is the same in our marriage. There are times when our vulnerability isn't going to be accepted and it, and it might even hurt us. Um, but you can't build the intimacy without that vulnerability and being willing to share yourself completely. Right. Absolutely. And I think one of the ways that we do that is through communication. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's learning to talk, um, really getting to know one another deeply. And, and so it's, it's like really speaking the same language. And sometimes when, when there has been hurt, there has been a disconnection of any kind is, is really rebuilding that communication. And there's so many different ways that you can do that. Um, but it's, it's learning to talk to each other again and, and learning to listen. I think my husband just took, he just got his master's degree in life coaching. And that was a huge <laughs> part of the process is listening, 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 being an active listener. And so being more concerned about what our spouse has to say to us and really understanding them than what we need to say in response. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a huge part of really the reconnecting and then uh, understanding that rebuilding trust, you know, um, like I was saying before, whether it's a, you know, betraying partner or you just have, you know, like your two ships passing in the night in the same house is there is a trust that needs to be rebuilt and both people need to be really committed to that. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes a step by step growing together. So I know a lot of times couples will come in and you've probably seen some of this as well, um, where couples will come in and one person is ready to move forward much more quickly than the other yeah. because of that lack of trust. Well, and because sometimes people really believe if we connect sexually, then naturally we're going to feel closer together. Right. And, and that's actually not true at all. But it takes a step by step process to regain trust when there's been a betrayal. And I would say it's actually even more difficult for couples that have been together. And then something happened where there was a betrayal. And now they try to work on their relationship again because mm -hmm. it feels awkward and strange for them. Yep. So here's someone I know really well and I love. And yet I'm really scared to um, to even try to kiss because I don't know what's going to happen or where it's going to go. Right. Um, so it requires not only that vulnerability and the increasing the trust, but it requires a step-by-step -step process. And you do need guidance to do this. Yeah. Um, it's not something that couples are successful doing on their own. Yeah. Um, and then finally, so to really enhance the relationship and work on all pieces of it, couples have to be able to decrease the fear and increase the love and the intimacy and trust. So like I said earlier, perfect love cast out fear. Our brains will not allow us to feel both at the same time. Mm. So fear means I need to run. I need to hide myself. Right. That emotional cutoff that you were talking about. Right. Trust says I'm going to come closer to you and I'm going to pursue you and I'm going to allow myself to be pursued. Right. And that's, again, it's a step-by-step -step process. Um, the assignment is never go home and have sex because you're going to feel better. That is not the case at all. It is right. a step-by-step. -step. Let's walk you through. Let's get you to a place where you can build that trust because as that trust increases, you're going to feel more in love 
and more connected. And you're finally going to be living out that, that promise that we have of the two will become one. Right. And I just do want to, I, I know I have a few um, ladies from my group who um, are right now in a, in a marriage where things are very, very rocky. And um, this, this aspect of your marriage, you know, may seem completely out the window, like, you know, this is never going to happen for us again. And God can restore those relationships, but it really needs to be done in his time frame. Uh, we really do need uh, guidance in this. And, and uh, time and time again, I've seen ladies who just kind of use their emotions to just jump back in uh, instead of really getting a lot of input and advice from um, from sources who know, who've been there, you know, um, who've, who've walked this path, who have been trained to really help them walk through this. And, and this is why Jessica and I really do this is because we really want to help uh, people who, who don't know where to turn. They're, they're caught, they're stuck. And, uh, and one of the big things that I've seen is like, there's, there's three ingredients that is really necessary for uh, a healthy marriage, a healthy relationship and really recovering from some challenges. And the, the first one is really having a, a proven biblical strategy. You know, um, so, somebody's gone before us, they, they, they know what's ahead of us, you know, so we're not stumbling around in the dark, but somebody actually has a strategy that has been proven successful and it's biblical, you know, cause there's a lot of humanistic methods we could use too, but if we're not really keeping God at the center, um, it's going to fall apart eventually because we're not really dealing with the heart. We're not dealing with our character. Um, we also need to have an experienced guide, somebody who who knows where the quicksand is, who knows you know where the thorn bushes are. You know, we get, to get away, don't go that direction. You know, that can help walk us through that. But the third ingredient um, is something that, for me, I see our my clients need to bring. And I think you probably have seen that too, Jessica. Is is really having um, a teachability, you know, a tenacity that we're going to push through this. We're going to make this happen. God can help us do that. So it's, it's a faith and it's a resourcefulness. You know, we're going to figure, we're going to figure it out. We're going to do whatever we need to in order to really come up with that. So Jessica and I can apply, pro provide those first two. We have the strategy, biblical strategy, and we are the guides, you know, and for Jessica, she's really works with those, the, the couples, you know, that they're, they're, they're together, their, their eyes are moving forward. They want to do this. And I work, I tend to work with the ladies who maybe your spouse isn't, he doesn't want to recognize that he has a problem or he's outside of the house completely. And you're really in a, in a pit and struggling, trying to figure out where you're going to move and, and how to move forward with this. So, um, but you can schedule breakthrough calls with us. So Jessica, why don't you talk a little bit about what you do here with this? Yeah, absolutely. So you're 100% right that I work with the couple. Um, typically speaking, the people that we're working with are going to be on probably on different um, parts of their healing journey. Right. So for me, I'm working with couples that are already at the place where um, they've been through the rocky places and now they're saying, you know what, we are both 100% committed and we're both ready and we're both going to do whatever it takes to work on our relationship. Mm -hmm. So that relationship is absolutely priority with the only thing being above it is your relationship with God. And again, you have to have that. So you have to have your relationship with God strong and you have to be willing to continue to seek him out to see the relationship change. Mm -hmm. But God does give us skills and techniques that work really well for um, for growing the relationship. And that's what I bring to the table. So I help you walk through that process of getting you to a place where you're more fully connected. And absolutely sexual intimacy is a piece of that. But that is not the entire project of what we do, because we're looking at the relationship as a whole. Um, so if you want to schedule with me, you can do that. I believe, Kim, you're going to put the link right there. Um, right there. 
got it up there. Yeah. Right there in the box. And so again, that's for couples where both of you are ready to work on this now. And um, if you want to connect with me, like I said, I do work with um, with spouses who there is infidelity or porn, um, unrepented of porn, and um, the spouse basically doesn't want to work on it. So you really have to deal with just you and where you're going and you really don't know where to start. So there is my link also. You can schedule those calls. Uh, they're free and uh, we'll get on the phone. We'll do what we can to help give you guys clarity and truth and really bring you to the point that um, you can be everything that God designed you to be, whether you're together or you're apart for a period of time. So, but I just want to qualify this. I think it's really important that we qualify because um, a lot of people go through the challenges, but there may be, they may not be ready. They haven't reached what I called their pain threshold. Um, so if you're going to, um, honestly, if you're going to blame your spouse for the problems in your marriage and you're not going to assume responsibility for your part of it, or for you're not uh, you're not open to addressing the root issues. You just want to deal with the surface problems, and you're not really letting or want to let the Bible be your standard above your feelings. Then you're probably not ready for this, and um, you, you know you, there's still things you have to go through in order to do that. But Jess, yeah, and I would say also if you're not open to addressing those root issues, then you're not going to be ready for a call either. So this yeah. means not just going for that, that surface level, um, which is similar to what you said. So mm -hmm. really, the qualifications in my um, in my work with you are the exact same. The Bible mm -hmm. is our standard. Um, that's going to be our answer to the way that we handle life's problems. And Christ is a beautiful example. And if you don't believe those things, you're probably not ready. Well, you're definitely not ready <laughs> to right. work with uh, work with me because I'm not going to be able to help you. Right. Um, and then I would say also you have to be 100% teachable and ready to try new skills. Yeah. What you've been trying hasn't been working. And so you've got to be ready to say, I'm going to make a shift in what I've been doing and I'm going to try something new that the expert gives me. Yes. So if you are humble and you are teachable, you know, if you're ready to do whatever it takes to change and if you're ready to let God's word be your standard for your transformation, for your marriage, for your own personal life and not your feelings, then give us a call. I went ahead and put those links in the boxes. So um, get with us. We look forward. We look forward to. We've opened up some time here in the next forty-eight hours for you guys to really reconnect with us. And uh, Jessica and I are going to really try to do this on a regular basis, at least every couple of months. We'll come back and address specific topics. But guys, thank you so much. We really appreciate you guys joining us today, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.